podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. The Unholy Trinity Podcast. Three blues, three opinions, one Everton podcast. Welcome to episode 150 of the Unholy Trinity podcast, brought to you in association with Sports Social, the UK's only dedicated sports podcast network, and also Fanatics. We're back again. Everton defeated by Tottenham Hotspur, unfortunately, um, this weekend. Second second defeat in a row for the, for the Blues after a really good unbeaten run of seven games, which we're going to discuss shortly. Once again, me and Lee are joined by by two guests, Peter and the Shepherds Hut in Wales. Um, so he, he can't make it. Um, so he's he's off grid almost. Um, so Pete will be back, will be back next weekend. But two guests once again. You've got the usual, I always call him the fourth member of the Unholy Trinity. Phil Haywood is is here to uh, to give us his thoughts on on yesterday's game and looking forward to Newcastle. How are you, Phil? I'm fine, thanks, mate. Thanks again for asking me to come on, mate. No, I look, look forward to the chat, mate, even though it was a, a defeat for the Blues, of course. Um, and also, man has been on the show for a little while now, um, Callum Wyatt. Callum, tell everyone what you've been up to and your new business venture before we uh, before we kick off. Yeah, just being just being busy. So I've decided to um, set up on my own. I've been coaching for a long time now. So I've decided to um, look at doing some sort of one-to-one coaching um, and small team coaching as well. So yeah, so I'm based obviously um, in Merseyside, Liverpool, um, going around obviously coaching, coaching players of all ages really, so young ones up to adults. And um, we have some players who are at academies and players who are sort of looking to get into the academy system as well. And you're on you're on Instagram, aren't you, Callum? What we will we will tag you into when the podcast goes out on on the story and whatever we'll put you on there. Uh, yeah, so yeah. at at Elise underscore pro underscore FC, is that correct? Yeah. That's the one, yeah. On Instagram. Yeah. So I've just read it. So I should right. <laughs> but so anyone that wants some one-to-one coaching, Callum's done it for, as he said, for many, many years. Got a got a great knowledge of the game. Um so by all means, you know, have, have a look on Instagram at his uh, at his page there and we'll throw the link out our, ourselves for people to look at. Um but back to the blues, like I said, defeated the Spurs yesterday, two goals to nil. Um and I don't know about you, Lee, but it didn't really tell the whole story, did it? Because, you know, we've, we've got to look back on that game. Well, I do anyway. I was, as much as, you know, they, they are a good side, they are ahead of ourselves. We know that there's, there's levels to, to the game. Um, when you miss two golden opportunities that we missed in the first half, Lee, you, you've got to look back and feel a little bit, a little bit bitter about coming away with a 2 0 defeat, haven't you? Um, yeah, the way the game panned out, especially first off. Yeah, I mean, um, I'll, I'll I'll quote what I said in the last podcast, which is we were discussing between the four of us at the time, how, how will we set up and play? And I said, I think I'd put my mortgage on it that Frank wouldn't set us up as open as he did when we played them back in March last year when he was finding out a bit more about us as a team. And that's what it proved to be. It's exactly what it was pretty much from the first whistle, wasn't it? We made it clear what our tactics were was to sit off close the spaces, be hard to break down um, and, and and try and carry a threat on the counter. And I think all of us will agree, first off, we did a good job of that. You know, we, we nullified them. The only thing they really created was Kane with a bit of skill on the touchline and Pickford smothered that. Um, and then 
you know, we had two, like you just said, well, two of the best chances of the half uh, by a distance. You know, the first one brilliantly created by himself, um, uh, by Damari Gray, did the hard bit as Gray tends to do and then fluffed his lines at, uh, when it came to making that final decision, which, you know, we can point the finger at him a lot, Damari, for that. And I, as I've said before, he does he does the hard things well, Damari, and sometimes makes the easy, easy things look difficult. And then obviously, you know, we'll touch on it in a bit anyway, but, you know, Onana there striding away and just waiting for the net to bulge and just didn't have quite have that composure at the end. I know it was on his weak foot and all that, but you just got to get your head over the ball and, Phil, you're, you're the resident coach now nowadays, mate, and the manager, mate. I mean, you know, get your head over the ball and make sure, make sure in Roy Roy Keane's words, you hit the target. Do you know what I mean? So um, that was an awful impression, by the way. I was going to um, say, what was, what was that? No, but you know, what, you know what I mean. You know what I mean. But the, the point still stands. The point still stands. You know, second half, as expected. You know, Spurs were just, as Frank said after the game, they're a Champions League side. Um, and, you know, we're trying to get to that level. But as we all know, and if we're being brutally honest, we've got a long way to go on that journey. But, you know, let's not lose sight of that. You know, the perspective is needed here. And we were always second favourites going into that game. And we acquitted ourselves, as I said, really well first half. And then we just got undone uh, in the second half, didn't we? I think the first half, that was especially for me, I, I quite enjoyed watching the first half in terms of how, how we settled. But that first... 10 minutes where it was a little bit frantic, wasn't it? There was a lot of pressure from Tottenham. You could see how the game was going to go and what we were trying to do. But then we settled, didn't we? And there was a few decent passages of play. And those two chances, obviously, they, they were by far the best chances of the game, really. You know, and we, we, we didn't, we didn't sort of, well, we didn't make the most of them. And you always think at the time, you know, if we don't take one of those two, it's going to come back to haunt us. But if we look at the first half in, in isolation, Phil, the first half was was okay, wasn't it? You know, considering, like Lee said, then you know we made the point last week about um, the, the five nil from last season and, and how you know we'd hoped to, to have learned lessons and and set up differently, which we clearly did. But we we certainly went there went into the game with a decent game plan and it looked to well it did work in that first half, didn't it? Yeah, I think it was a very mature performance. I think we were quite stubborn. Um, I don't think Lampard had to say much, obviously. His team talk, you could just put the results up in the changing rooms um, before the game. Um, but in periods of games, you do get moments. Um, and like Lee was saying there, the two big moments fell for us. And I was just slightly disappointed that we just didn't work Larice on those two chances. You know, you've got to hit the target at least and, and, and you know, and, and, trouble, and ask the question, basically. Um, but I wasn't expecting us to get clear-cut chances like that. If, if I'm being totally honest, I thought we'd sip. And I thought they would come maybe with 20 to go if we were still in the game. But in the first half, for Everton to break like that and get, you know, two decent chances, it changes the team talk, doesn't it, as well? You know, you're going 1-0 up at half-time. It, it changed the complete team talk. But I, just, I was surprised how uh, mature we were with the ball as a unit, as a block. Um, and they were quite brave, if I'm being honest. They, they were quite brave. Because like I said on me, uh, I said on online last week, I was more disappointed last week not getting anything against United than I thought we would do anything against Spurs. And if you think about the two Spurs chances, we didn't do any of that in the United game after we scored with a Wobi. So I was, I was surprised how well we started. Um, it's just a shame that we couldn't continue that into the second half. 
Yeah, most most definitely. And you know, you, you think why, you know, why was that? What what changed? Obviously the the quality of the Spurs side and the players they had available on the bench. Um, like we said, it, it, it's nice and day between where we are, where we want to get to and where they are. But Callum, you, you must, like I just said, you must be fairly satisfied to with that first half in terms of how we did play, the chances that we created, the fact that we looked difficult to break down, as we've seen a lot of games this season, you know, bar that, that Harry Kane chance. Everton looked like they did learn lessons from last season. Uh, obviously, different personnel. I think I think it was only two players who started the game last season actually started the game against Spurs this weekend. So there, there is a plan there, isn't there? And like Lee said, perspective is really, really key when you play these kind of sides. So you've got to think, well, OK, we've lost the game, but there were positives that we can take from it, wasn't it? Yeah, I watched the game and I think that first half, the, the, the main thing for Everton was obviously that back five. Um, and having the three in front with then Ray and Mapai working as a, as a two. If you watch that first half back, Everton just want to dominate centrally in that, in that middle of that pitch, where Holberg normally gets on the ball free and he drives and he, and he plays a lot of pocket to pass into Kane um, with Ben Takei. And that first half, we didn't, we didn't allow that. If you watch the first half, a lot of their passes went out wide every time. Um, but because we had the back five, it allowed our right back and obviously McNeil to sort of lock on and force play inside into the bodies that we had um, and having five in there sort of with Mapai and, and, and Gage, um, Gray dropping in um, we, we were solid I think for me the, the changing point in the game was when Richarlison went off I think he'd done a change of system Richarlison went off um, I can't remember who came on now Bissouma, wasn't it? who was it? yeah um, and they just changed the, the, the dynamic of the game um, I think they moved Perisic as well, didn't he? So, mm-hmm. but I think up until that point, you know, I, I think we were solid, and and that's sort of a a thing they would have worked on all week would have been to just command that central area, and if balls do go in there, to smother it. So if Kane drops in, gets hyped, and obviously watching the running behind. So obviously we know the the threat that Son causes, and I think that's why again he, he played that back five, um, because a back four, I think Son and stuff and Kane, they, they love that, and you know. You relish them them games where they get loads of space. Yeah, I, th- I think you guys think think the Basuma substitution, which obviously was forced with Richardson going off injured, uh, he left the ground on on crutches by all accounts last night. Um, that did change the game because Basuma then sitting allowed other midfield players for them to to advance a little bit. I mean, you saw Hoybier get the the second goal, didn't we, fairly late on? Um, but Basuma that Basuma change did did make a massive difference to to the Spurs system. Um, but we've got to pick up on the goals, really. I mean, we look at the first one, Lee, and, you know, Jordan Pickford's going to be massively disappointed with, obviously, not holding that first, that first opportunity. Pickford, we know, has been very consistent for the last 18 months or so. And normally, he, he would gather that kind, of, that kind of shot up. And then, obviously, Kane's there. But the first question I've got to ask you, Lee, I mean, I know my opinion on it. Do you think it was a penalty? Or... Has Harry Kane done what Harry Kane always does? I don't want to sort of preload the question here, but has he done what he always does and gone looking for it? I mean, look, he made a great save first and foremost, and he picked up two minutes before that from Kane, which is, you know, it's not an easy save that because he's drilled into the ground, loads of pace on it. You know, so many times we see those fly into the net. So credit there. 
But Jordan will be massively disappointed he's let that come out of his grasp because as good a strike as it was from Doherty on his weak foot, he didn't absolutely catch it, did he? I mean, it was it was relatively weak, really. I know it came through a couple of bodies, but he's got to hold on to that. You know, for, for a level of goalkeeper that he is, first and foremost, he's got to hold on to it. He didn't. And then for me, it's just it's just very, very clever centre-forward play after that because it, it, it was just... He knew Harry. I mean, I think I saw an interview with Frank actually saying that, not to be derogatory to Harry, but he's a you know he's a wise old head. He knows what he's doing, and that's exactly what I thought. No matter what, whether people think there's contact, uh, there was, certainly was a brush of the head. Obviously, I think Pickford ran straight over to the ref and said he hit my head. Uh, if you if you actually try and read what he's saying, um, but you know it's just clever play. Now I, I, I want to push the question on to you guys actually to see what you think because. When Damari went through um, first half, I'm thinking he's obviously he's, he's got himself goal side ahead of Benson Kerr there, and he's obviously used his pace to get free, and then obviously the ball slightly bobbled for him to give him a, you know a little bit of a, a break from it. But if that's a super clever centre forward there with Benson Kerr, you know fuming that he's obviously got got the wrong side of him, you go down. As soon as you feel Benson Kerr was was on him, by the way, he did shove him as well. There was there was contact. It was yeah, very it was similar to yeah. very similar to Mason Mount in the week when it was a you know it was never really a red against Milan, but Mason Mount stayed on his feet, got the shot off, and then they pulled it back and gave the penalty. Now there was yeah, obviously a bit that, more. Was a bit, it, yeah. yeah, it was. It was a bit more contact from Tamori, to be fair, but I did feel for Tamori at the same time because you know he, he stayed on his feet and had the shot. Do you know what I mean? So. Um, but you know, Gray there for me. If that's Kane, for example, in that situation, I think he probably thinks in his head, "I'm yeah. getting goal side. I'm getting in the box. Yeah. And I'm going to fall over." Yeah. And and the referee, even with VAR now, they only have to see minimal contact. They slow mow it down. It's a yeah. goal scoring opportunity. He's not playing the ball. He gets the red card, gets the penalty, and the likelihood is we're playing against ten men and we got a penalty. Yeah. So that's what I'm trying to say. Harry Kane in that situation. Is very very clever, very very clever. You know, he won the pen. Even if they'd reviewed it on VAR, they still would have given it um, because obviously the, to overturn a ref's decision now, as we know, it's got to be clear and obvious. It's got to be like you know, like he's completely dived. He's gone over easy. We know that he's gone over very easy, uh, but it's also very clever play. And and at that point, sadly, I, I bet you every single Evertonian, whether we were there or watching it on TV. Just thought that's game over pretty much there now. Yeah, I mean, in terms of obviously now, I was having to score two goals away from home at a tough ground. So the, the concern is for me with it um, is that he goes, he makes the, the movement to actually fall and go down before there's any kind of contact. That, that's what that's what drives me. Now we can all say we can all dress up and say it's clever, it's this, it's that. I mean, the line that was used in in one of the the media outlets was uh, he's earned he's earned the penalty. Well, what does that mean? You either you either it's either a penalty because you're being fouled, but you don't earn a penalty, you know. So Kane does it, and we we can call it clever. We can all dress it up and say, you know, if, if our players did it, we'd be made up. We probably would. Listen, it's just it's frustrating the fact that certain players will behave a particular way, and he'll get away with murder, and he gets away with it all the time. Kane, we know he's a quality striker. We know he's very, you know. And what he does, it can, it, it's cute and whatever, you know. But it's it's so frustrating when we've we have played particularly well, I think, against one of the the, the better sides in the league, 
Um, and, you know, we, we probably, when we sit back, maybe in a few days' time, maybe me personally, the most frustrating thing would be the fact that Jordan Pickford didn't hold on to the ball. Hold on to the ball. We're not, not sitting here discussing the penalty, are we? Um, but I, I just think, though, Phil, it was, it's one of them, isn't it, where maybe if it's, if it's for you, then you think, yeah, like Lee said, you know, it's, it's clever, it's cute, whatever it might be. When it's against you and you see that he has gone down, he's, he's already initiated that fall before there's any kind of contact. He's put his, I mean, the picture of his arms in the air, um, you know, like he's been, he's been shot by a sniper in the crowd. But it's that, isn't it? It's that frustrating thing when it goes against you and you see that, it really winds you up, doesn't it? You, you literally took the words out of my mouth, Mike, to be fair. I was just going to say, if I'm playing there and he's my centre forward, you're asking for it all day long. But if it's against you, it's never a penalty. It's, it, I think it's one of those things. The only person who knows is Harry Kane, to be honest. Um, and I think he's a he's a goal scorer. He wants goals. He smells blood. And he knew. He knew as soon as Pickford... And the thing is, he reacted. As soon as Pickford dropped that, that's how good he is off the ball. He, he smelled danger, an opportunity to get something, and he's got it. And like I said, if if he's if it's happening for your team, you're screaming for it. If it's um, if it's against you, if you're saying never VAR. Again, just what Lee said there. You know, I, I honestly do think it's the badge you're wearing because again, there are Charles someone at home nil nil Larice. You don't get it. And then if if Gray goes through there, goes down, I still don't think he gets that. I just think it's referees, the human beings. At the end of the day, they know they mark the cards on certain players. Um, and I just think um, it's the badge, in all fairness, to, to who it is and, and things like again today. We're talking about the City game, you know, the disallowed goal. Richarlison had his share pulled back last year at home, if you remember. Um, something similar to the game today. So I think on the penalty, if it's for you and it's it's your striker, you're, you're screaming for it. Um, but if it's against you, it's never a penalty. It's one of those. What do you th- What do you think, Callum? Do you think like I mentioned Damari Gray one there. If that's me, I'm thinking if I feel contact, having got goal side of the guy, yeah, I'm I'm, I'm getting in the but I'm I'm going to go down. Yeah. I'm going to go down. Would you? Would, what do you think? I mean, do you think that's obviously there's a bit of dishonesty in that as well? I suppose, but no, that's the way think, that's the way football is now, isn't it? That's the way football I think, is. I think when that ball went through and you, and you see him get inside, Ben's getting get and get the, the the wrong side and sort of thing. You're looking and you're thinking, oh, you can go down here. Because he, he, you're the right side of him now, you, you can pull you down. And in hindsight, I think like the angle that he's on, I think that's his best bet. I think it, for that, it's like obviously it's a good chance, but he is quite of an, wide of an angle. I think for, for me, if I'm a striker there, I'm going down. Yeah. If I'm one on one, running down the middle, running down the middle, the keeper's coming out, then yeah, I'll try and get a shot off. If I get a pen, I get a pen. But on that angle there, I think he's got to go down and on that face, like sort of tug that he feels, he's got to go. And at least then it's, you know, either a pound makes the, um, the ref says yes or no, or it goes to big AR and then we potentially get it. And obviously then down the other end, it's sort of Pickford making an absolute world he ever saved from Kane, like minutes earlier, and then spilling. Mm-hmm. You know, he probably saved them in training nine times out of ten every single time. And that one, he's like being a, a shot come in, he spilled it. Kane's obviously instinctively, as you teach strikers to do, any shot that goes in, make sure you follow in. Um, he's done it and, and he's got the pen. But yeah, for me, I think Gray's got to go down there. He's got to. If that's Mo Salah, he goes down. Did, just 100%, to 100%. Did, did you see the one yesterday? Brentford Fulham, the lad went down. 
No. And it got checked. It got checked. It, uh, the fullback Fredericks. He's beat the man. He's the lads pulled his arm, and he's yeah. just took his legs away. Nothing. And then the Mitrovic one was a bit of half a dozen kind of thing. And he's get, he's been it's just the inconsistency, which is the most. Yeah, I saw that film. Yeah. I saw that because so, he got pulled back. Yeah, yeah. I think both uh, the, the 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 Brentford one. Uh, sorry, the Bournemouth one did. I don't think the Mitrovic one did. I think he gave it straight away, but yeah. it's just the inconsistency. Like he got pulled back, Mitrovic, but fell forward. It was it was like a strange. He played it basically, but just the inconsistency, like you said. Also on that, sorry, sorry. Also on that, on that Mitrovic one. Not that we should be discussing that in detail, but the ball was miles gone as well, wasn't it? It was nowhere near the play either. So you know, it was grappling at best, wasn't it? Grappling goes on on set pieces. You know what I mean? And, that that was very soft, but look. What one thing we do know, what, what you know, the refereeing level now, and we've said this for a long time, is the worst I think it's ever been, hasn't it? In terms of supposedly the best league in the world. Yeah. Yeah. You know I mean, uh, it's it's the worst. It really is the worst. You know, we see it every single week now. You know, shocking decisions. Look, I don't think that was a glaring er- error with the Kane one. You know, we've seen penalties where Salah's thrown himself like platoon to the ground, hasn't he? You know what I mean, and and one penalty, it was nowhere near as bad as that. Um, and and like you just you said it yourself, Mike. You know if that's Calvert Lewin doing that, and then you know basically being clever if you like, and then and winning the pen, you're not gonna you're not gonna complain, are you? So it, it is it is one of those where it's a game you, you're fuming, where it's for you, you kind of like yeah, you know, well done. I think in the official line from from VAR was basically it wasn't a clear and obvious error. So it, we know we know yeah. nowadays you know most things. Uh, most decisions, especially when we looked at by VAR, whether it's officially or unofficially, but that was what was told to to the to the uh, the commentators uh, on the day. But as I say, it's just it's it's a frustrating series of, of events really, which led to that first goal. And uh, you know, we, we didn't really show at all in the second half. Did we? We didn't need. Well, we didn't. We didn't have a shot in the second half. I think the first time in is it six and a half years we haven't had a shot. Um, no, no frustrating me. Much frustrating me in that second half, and it, it just frustrates me. It's sort of like we stay compact. We then goes out wide. We win it, and then as soon as we win it, we can't give a simple five-yard pass, hmm. and then we lose that, lose it again, and then the attack. And it's like you just regain the ball. You you've looked up. Just give a simple pass. Like so many, just sloppy. Either a sloppy pass or a player not concentrate when they're receiving the ball. Like oh nah, it'll come to him and you'll take a bad touch. Similar to the United game or whatever. It's just it's so frustrating, I think. And I think that's something we need to get better at is taking the sting out of games and sort of winning it back and just controlling it. I just don't think from the Spurs game, you've got enough midfielders that are that are fluid enough to go and get on it. I think Owobi is, but he doesn't really drop into that pivot now. To go and get it deep, he sort of stays high and allows Gan to go in, or maybe Onana. But there's no quick rotation in. And if you look mm-hmm. at like Cody and Tarkowski trying to like feed the ball into central areas, they're having to like play it out wide to Coleman, who's got a man on him, and he'll scupper it and he'll turn back and he'll play it back. Or Tarkowski will try and ping a 35 yard pass diagonal, or ping one down to, to Mupai, who's never going to never going to win the ball. And I think that's our problem at the moment with the teams we're playing. Is that to squeeze them up really, really high because they know they can box us in. So if Gray's coming to get a defeat, they're going to squeeze up even more because no, my pie's not fast and behind anyway. You know what I mean? Whereas we've got Calvin Lewin playing a bit like, oh, he's quite quick and we'll, we'll stay back a little bit. And it gives that freedom to try and play through the lines. And it also gives us an outfall to try and get out. 
if obviously we can't hit midfielders and we can go long to Calvert-Lewin, but we, we can't do that at the moment with the strike we've got up front. Yeah, yeah that's a good point. That that's a very good point. I noticed that. I think um, Frank's alluded to it himself, didn't he? You know, as soon as we come across a half decent side, like we played United and then we played Tottenham, uh, and Newcastle won't be uh, an easy game either. But, you know, teams that are, you know, basically like you just said, there, Callum pressing us. You know, our ease, our, our first go-to is rather than trying to take it on the half turn and, and be brave and play it through the lines. Our first thought is, I don't want to give it away. I'll just knock it back to the centre half, or I'll knock it square, or I'll knock it to the full back and get it back. And you know, there were so many like times where we were just either through confidence on the ball, either through you know Tottenham having that extra man in midfield, like you said, when they brought Basuma on, so that squeezes even more. We do lack that player in the middle who's, who's capable of just getting it on that half turn and 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 you know basically causing causing problems. If you look at our best performance at that ground. Uh, was when Calvert Lewin scored that header, obviously under under Ancelotti first game of the season. But if you remember that game, that wasn't really a massive smash and grab either. We we were brilliant that day in midfield, and, and obviously, yeah, he was. And then, but then obviously Hammers was thrown in there. And people, you know, Hammers is the type of guy again who would just get on it. You know, create great space. You know, not look to go square all the time. You know, and, and switch in play constantly to Lucas Dean and people like that. You know, yeah. I, I said to you, Mike, the other day, you know, when Patterson got injured and we all knew it would be a loss, but we can see now massively how, how much of an outlet he was, particularly down that right side. Because Mikolenko, as we know, solid defensively, offers next to nothing going the other way. And then Coleman, sadly now, in, in, you know, in his older age now, again, you know, doesn't really offer anything going the other way. So fullbacks now, who are supposed to give us a whip, they're not really giving us anything. And Patterson, to be fair, he was very aggressive offensively, isn't he? You know what I mean? He wants to get on it. He wants to push up against the other, you know, his opposition number. And he wants to create things, you know, when you know, he hasn't scored a goal yet. But you can see he's got into the box a few times. He's got a few shots off. You know, Coleman's not going to do that for you now. So, you know, our attacking outlets are getting smaller and smaller. And I just wanted to get your opinions as well, boys, on, on Mope, really. I thought he really struggled. And obviously, look, it's a tough ask. He's the same against United, asking you know a guy of that stature to go up against two centre halves and try and try and do something. But there was times as well where he had easy layoffs and easy time where he wasn't under as much pressure and he gave it away too easily and he didn't trap it. And for me in that position, if I'm in his situation, look, if you can't lay it off or if you're losing it to the bigger man, get your body in the way. Pinar was an expert at it. Get your body in the way, win a foul, break up the play. He didn't win anything in fouls. You know, and I, I watched him closely at home against United the other day. The amount of times where Coleman got on the ball, first thought, now I'm going to look down the line. Mopit, you should be sprinting down that channel, mate. Even if you don't get it, make a run into the channel so we can just flip it into the channel so you yeah. can run after it, hold it up, win a foul, or hold it up and go, you know, go, go back and just keep it. And, and he was, he, he, the same against Spurs. You know, we were having to go direct to him more than we would have liked in the second half. And, and he didn't hold on to anything. No. He didn't hold on to anything, and that and that there gives us nothing then in terms of progressing the ball forward. On that lay, I was I thought the United game was set for him under lights um, at home. I was quite disappointed with the front three going forward that game, and, and against pretty similar to the Spurs game. I thought, like you said, he'd be a bit more snide, a bit more clever with his body, and he'd be he'd be the one that would buy the fouls, get the cheap fouls, and and get us fair off the pitch. I, I was quite disappointed, and again, he's he's five foot nothing like, but. 
people getting closer towards them, but protecting the ball. When you've been doing doggies or you've lost the ball for 10 minutes, it's protecting it. And it just seems to bounce off him or he just doesn't seem to be switched on to, to you know, to push us further forward. But again, as we were saying in the preview, we'll look into that and no doubt going forward, what we should do going further forward. I just feel we seem too spacious, on, especially on bigger pitches as well. We get spares away. I think I think with uh, with Mope, obviously it's difficult. He came in, didn't he, um, against Liverpool, and we, we've commented on him over the last few weeks how well he did when he first came in. That first game, you know, hadn't played a minute of football, um, and and he was he was great, you know, buzzing around. Should have really scored, but you know we we've seen him especially last last couple of games, and and he's, he's really struggled with things, and we're not playing it in a way that suits him, and it's it is it is very much sort of needs must still at this moment in time. Um, but th- there are times when yeah, the ball is bouncing off and when you, you do want him just to, you know, do the simple thing, hold the ball up and, and bring players in. But obviously we are going to discuss the, the the attacking options and attacking concerns going forward in the in the, the second half of, of today's show. But ju- just to just to pull it pull it back to finish off about Spurs, obviously the second goal, the killer goal late on, as we know, it was it, it was gonna happen, wasn't it? Everton tried a little bit to to push and, and try and get something from the game and they, they came down our left hand side through a cross and it was messy wasn't it you know it falls to Hoyberg and, and and it goes in and you know it was it was there was an inevitability about the second goal wasn't a Callum in, in a way once you got that first goal and you thought well we're gonna have to open up a little bit to try and get something from the game made a yeah. few changes James Garner Dominic Calvert Lewin obviously coming on the pitch um but you, you saw it coming didn't you yeah, I think, you know, when you go to Spurs, you, you sort of like, you want to stay in the game as long as you can and try and try and nick a goal. But I think once, the, once that goal went in and we're starting to try and c- commit more bodies forward, um, you know, our defensive line, you know, we haven't got the youngest defenders in the world. Do you know what I mean? You've got Coleman, Zakowski, Cody, and, you know, the last thing you want to be doing is playing in speed, and the likes of Son, Kane, them players. But that breakaway goal, I thought, was quite lucky, to be honest, because it didn't break the sort of Kane on the halfway and it looks like he's took a bad touch but he's like still got it ahead of Michalenko and then played the ball across didn't he and he went obviously down cut it back to Holbeck and then obviously scored but that was always on the card I just think we're quite toothless at the moment Um, I think my pie I think in the box he's always hungry he's always there looking to get a poacher's finish he obviously in the derby he should have scored that chance that he had Um, scored a good goal against West Ham but I think his, his all-round sort of holder play at the moment, I, I think he's struggling. I thought, like Phil said, I thought he was very, very poor in the United game. I don't think he gave us anything at all. I thought, and the thing for me is as well, is he sort of started coming deep into pockets to try and get on the ball and saying, go and give it to me. And Martinez was just come with him and tussling him and throwing him to the ground. But for me, it was like, if you're going to come into that pocket and Martinez is coming with you and you're dragging him out, why are we not playing it over the top? into someone who's on, on a higher line. And I think sometimes that's where them dynamics come in of and, and them triggers come in. That if, if Mpai's going to come short, okay, can we get Grey running and Bianna and penetrating centrally? So it's like he did against Forrest when we scored that goal and we went long. You know, if you've got someone dropping in, so Kane drops in for space, Sun runs and Bianna goes long. But I think in that Man United game, I don't think we did it. Um, and I thought he didn't. He was, he was ineffective again against, against Spurs. But... I think he's got a tough task at the moment. I don't think we're giving him a lot of good chances within the box. 
Um, but I don't think he's helping us either in terms of getting up the pitch as best that he can. But it might go back to, like Mike said, is, is he still unfit? You know, he played that derby he played um, at home. I think he played something like 12 minutes of football or something since March or one or two times. And obviously now he's playing every week. So is he fully fit? I don't know. Um, for me, I don't know. I think, I think, I mean, we're going to discuss that in the in the second half of the show in a minute in, in a bit more detail. Now, going into the Newcastle game in a few days' time, we we, we have more options. Hopefully, um, you know we don't know what's going to happen. Of course, knowing Everton, we'll probably lose two or three players in the next next two days or so before the game. But um, we'll just we're going to discuss basically the the attacking options that we've got because let's let's bear in mind where we are in terms of goals scored so far this season um, and the fact that you mentioned there, Callum. We're being a little bit toothless. We're not looking particularly fantastic in an attacking sense. You know, as much as we've we've scored a few half decent goals, we, we're not looking not creating a great deal, are we? Um, so we're going to take a short break and discuss that and potential changes we, we want to see as we go into the the game at St James's Park on Wednesday night. Welcome back to the second part of today's Unholy Trinity podcast, and. As, as we were saying, it's all about about the the attacking side of Everton. Now we we will all agree that, and we've said it before, Frank Lampard addressed the defensive issues that we've that we've had. We are looking more resolute. We are looking that little bit stronger, of course, compared to last season when we were shipping a lot of goals. We've conceded eleven goals so far in our opening ten Premier League games, but we've only we only actually scored eight, and that's the concern really at this moment in time, isn't it? In terms of how potent we don't look when we're when we're getting in front of goal and and creativity as well you know we're, we're not seeing our, our wide players particularly contribute uh i would say and we're looking at a difficult game on on wednesday night against a, a fairly informed newcastle united side who obviously have invested they, they've, they've recruited i think fairly well um since since january and obviously st james's park is a difficult place to go at the best of times um, and the question is really, Lee, are we going to see any changes for that game? What What do you want to see? Uh, obviously, Anthony Gordon is back from suspension. Anthony Gordon has struggled, I would say, since the first probably two three games. Uh, I think he's I think he's really he's really struggled against Man United. I thought. Um, does he come back in? Do, do we start now looking at you know Dominic Calvert Lewin has had two substitute appearances, maybe around sort of forty five minutes combined. Do we now say to Dominic Calvert-Lewin, can you give us an hour from the off? Um, because I think we need to do something to make us a bit more of a threat going forward. Yeah, I, I totally agree with that, mate. I think, you know, one thing we all know last season um, was that we were in a lot of games, uh, particularly even when Lampard came in himself, he admitted it massively. We were too easy to play against and too easy to play through as well. We were very soft. We lacked massive you know sort of guts on the pitch leadership on the pitch um and if we conceded one we looked like we were going to concede two or three now in the early part of the season you know we've played what the first quarter of the season now you know we, we seem to have addressed those issues don't we i think we can all admit that we've now got leaders in the changing room and cody and tarkovsky and even garner as well uh garner gay that is sorry the transfer window finished we all realized that we the, the team lacked goals. We knew that just by the personnel we had and who we'd signed in and where the goal's going to come from in this side. We've lost Richarlison. 
who's one of our you know biggest goal threats, one in three over 150 games. Obviously, can play anywhere across the front three. He will give absolutely everything for us. And on that note, by the way, a lot of fans slagging him off. Uh, you know, I haven't got time for that. He gave everything when he was when he was at our club, and we have to respect him for that. And you know, he, he knew uh, as well as we did. We had to sell him. We should have got more from him, but that's our that's our fault, not his. In terms of FFP, so that's a side note. But yeah, where are the goals coming from? And and obviously, Dom getting injured as well in pre-season was a massive loss for us. We knew that as well. Um, and you know, there's a reason why we were linked late in the window with Kudus at Ajax and then Mudrick as well at Shakhtar. Because if anyone's seen any any of those boys play, that's exactly what we need right now in our team. Wide wide forwards who've got bags of pace, direct, talented, particularly with Mudrick. And what I've seen of him, I don't know whether you boys have seen him, he's he looks absolutely exactly what we need. Dynamic, both feet, scores goals. He's looked he's looked awesome in the Champions League so far since uh, when he stepped up this season. And that that's what we need. But we have to also look at it and think, look, we can't fix everything in one window. You can't just flick, you know, click your fingers and go, right, suddenly we're going to have a, a team that's going to push Europe and maybe even the Champions League. It's not going to happen. Look how long it took Moyes to build that team. We think of Moyes' team towards you know the end of his time there but it took time to build that squad you know you can't fix it and anyone who thinks that is deluded in my eyes if we finish we've said this before Mike if we finish anywhere near that top 10 this season that's a result for us we have to understand where we were and we have to understand now where we are and we are you know we, we were 4-0 down after 40, 46 minutes against Spurs 5-0 after 55 minutes in that same game seven months ago now, that's not a direct comparison because I think there was only two or three players on the side you know, yesterday were playing in that game. That shows you how much we've changed as well. So I'm glad he's made us hard to beat. Everyone knows that. If, you, if you're taking over a team, the first thing you do is be hard to beat, be solid, be resolute. We are that. But we all can see it. We can, we're not stupid. We all watch football. We can all see the, the team does not have goals in it at the minute. You know, we, we haven't got enough threat in various areas to create problems for different teams. So, Therefore, if we come across a good side and we don't score first, we're going to find it difficult. But I think Lampard can see it. We know he can see it because he's seen a lot of other things that we've seen uh, in, in the side when we were playing badly last season. Um, so, you know, January, maybe I'm hoping he'll be able to get at least one. Maybe we'll, we will go back in for Kudus now, Ajax are out of the Champions League. Maybe we will put a bit of a higher bid in for Mudrick, who we apparently bid £30 million for and they wanted a bit more. But for me, that's exactly what I see right now. I think most of us see the same. The thing is, though, obviously, in the shorter term, um, we've got to look to to try and you know make some kind of attack on him those in the games we've got up until the World Cup and the few we've got before the, the, the transfer window opens again. So it's, it's what do we do now looking in the shorter term? Now, as I say, next game up is, is Newcastle on, on Wednesday. And, you know... Are we, are we going to sort of bring Dominic Calvert-Lewin back in and, and give him an hour? Are, are we going to risk him that much? Because it's quite clear Phil Frank Lampard doesn't want to lash him in. And we said this last week, he shouldn't do either. He's been through absolute absolute injury nightmare over the last you know, 12, 14, 15 months. So we, we've got to be really, really careful with him, of course. Um, but do, do you think that he's got an hour in him? Do you think that by putting him in as that focal point with play with two players uh, either side of him, whether it be Anthony Gordon, Damari Gay, Dwight McNeil, 
do you think that will help us in this shorter term to, to be a bit more of an attacking threat? Personally, I, I, I would start him against Newcastle personally. I think uh, even as our players on the on in the team see him starting up front, it gives people a lift as well. You know, your midfielders, your Wobies, your central players, your your Anana's, um, because I just feel like their big presence at the back. I think that's their baseline. Trippiers, your Dan Burns, people like that. I think that's a bit similar to us. Really, they build from the back and and they're a lot more positive. Um, with that, especially being under the lights in St James's Park, I just think any bit of um, positivity we can gain as a player, thinking off oh, Carl Lewin's up there, anything across that box, you'll score in between those posts and the six-yard box. And I think he said he's had two substitute appearances that probably up to forty-five minutes an hour. I, I would, I would start him personally, um, and and try and. St- for me, I think we've had an issue for a number of years since we've had Kevin Morales um, at Everton. Um, wide players is what I mean. We, we don't chip in with enough goals for me. Like Damari Gray, I, this season he's improved a lot, to be fair. I think he really has. We did have a forward at the start of the year. It was him, Gordon, playing false nines. Um, for me, McNeil, I think you've got to pick and choose his games. He reminds me a lot like McFadden and Billy Lettenhoff, like a, a big pitcher Tottenham. I think he'd be better suited at home, maybe in the 10 role, maybe. Again, like we were talking about the half turn before. Um, obviously, Stad Gordon's played a lot of football. James Garner's in for a shot. I think there are a lot of options, very similar as well. But I would like to see a focal point, maybe Mopai off him. I don't know, um, but I would like to see him start. Yeah, you just said it there, Phil, right? McNeil, never been prolific in his career. Damari yeah. Gray, never been prolific in his career. Yeah. Anthony Gordon, we don't really know enough yet. But from the bits we have seen of him, needs to improve his composure and calmness in front of goal. Seems to play the game under mile an hour. So, you know, there's not, there's no, there's no, there's no wide forwards there. That I'm thinking, yeah, you're going to get me ten goals, ten goals, and you know, even in all competitions, that's a big worry. And I think Frank sees it as well. Hence the players we were linked with. But like you said there, Mike, in the short term, it all depends on how fit Calvert Lewin is. He said he can't take part in all types of training, didn't he? He said that. He's not been able to play. So I don't think you will risk him. If we do risk him in that game and he pulls up after half an hour, because obviously he's pulled up, you know, quite a bit in the you know in the last sort of 18 months, then we're left with just Mope and Rondon. You know, Rondon retired when he went to China. You know what I mean? And we pulled him out of retirement and offered him a contract. Brilliant. So, you know, as far as I'm concerned, as much as I'd love, and I agree with you, Phil, as much as I'd love Dom to play in terms of the fact we can go a bit more direct because he has got the ability to occupy centre-halves because of his strength and his, and his leap and his ability to run in behind if he needs to. But I just think it'll be, it will be pretty much as is the same. Maybe he'll bring Garner in, James Garner, because he showed little bits when he's come on. Maybe he will, maybe he won't. We don't know. Like, but, just, on, yeah. just on that, sorry, mate. Like Again, like I was saying about McNeil, I think he must look at, obviously, the next game is your biggest game. But what are you more likely to get? You know, Palace at home on the Saturday. Do you think you're risking for that Carvalhoon? Maybe give him the hour, and maybe you know stick as tight as we can at Newcastle, Tottenham, and Newcastle. Two hard away games on the bounce, and try and play tight, similar to what we played at Tottenham, and then unleash Carvalhoon. Then possibly, I know the next game is always your biggest game. I understand that, but realistically, you know, Palace at home, Carvalhoon. He's got that from last season as well. The goal that might give him that boost that he did it last year. I can kind of see it both ways, what you're saying there, mate. I'd love to start him, but like you said, if he's not taking full part in trainings, 
he might have to, you know, mopai again for one last time. I don't know. I think the Newcastle game will follow will follow a very very similar pattern to the United game and the Spurs game, and the yeah, fact that we'll sit off, we'll concede yeah. possession. Newcastle, let's be fair, Eddie Howe's done a fantastic job there. Yeah, you know I mean, in terms of where they were and where he's got them now, and how he's got them playing, um, they had a good result today against United away. Um, you know, so that, like you said, under the lights against the horse punches, it won't be easy. That you know, what I mean, so I, I do think, I really do think he'll go with a similar side and again be hard to beat and and hopefully we'll try and nick something. It's a difficult it's, it is a dilemma, isn't it? Obviously the, the, the minds are in the the physios know better than anyone what what his, his current fitness state is. And with obviously another game seventy two hours later at Goodison Park, you've got to bear in mind and well if if you did if say he could give an hour on Wednesday, that would then rule him out for me to actually start and Against um, against Crystal Palace as well, so it's it's trying to find that balance and make sure we keep on saying about we've got to really you know be patient with Dominic Calvert Lewin and from both a, a physical and mental aspect, he's got to recover, got to trust his body again, and it takes it's going to take time. And you know, getting these little cameos the last couple of games has obviously really helped them. Being involved in two squads on the spin will have really helped them. You know, feeling feeling that he's part of the squad again, I think is is a big big thing for him. You know, with that that match day build up and preparing for a game, um, but it's it's so difficult because obviously we're sitting here thinking, you know, we scored eight goals, but what can we do to it to 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 sort of uh, redress the balance, so to speak? And you know, because we have been so lackluster in front of goal, you know, we we, we don't we don't sort of see where the goals are going to come from. But, I mean, Callum, what are your thoughts on, on that for, for Wednesday? Newcastle, very physical side, big centre-halves. I mean, you know, Dan Baines, about seven foot nine. Yeah. Um, you've got, you got Chiara, who's a big lad as well. It, obviously, Mopay, could, he could start. Um, but in terms of the hold-up play and bringing players in, we're going to struggle again, aren't we? Yeah, I, I think, like, the point the lads have touched on there is Calvert-Lewin's been doing his own his own private programme um, away from the team. And, you know, that, that says a lot, really, where he's up to. Um, they're obviously rocking cotton wool. Not, you know, they know how bad his injury is. Um, and for me, if, it's, if you're on, non, it's called non-contact. So you're on non-contact training. So for me, it's like, if you're on non-contact, you know, you're not going to be starting games. It's as simple as that. You'd be coming off the bench. Um because his body will need to be right for that that kind of impact. Um, and again, we've got probably a more winnable game um, against Palace at home, you'd like to think. And obviously, then we've got Fulham away. Um, so it, it's one of them. You know, Newcastle is sixth. Um, we're 14th. Um, but we're only two points above relegation now after Southampton drew today. So, you know, it, it's a big game midweek. But I'd probably say the Palace, the Palace game is a bigger one the weekend. For me... Um, I'd like to see a, a, a four-two-three-one. Me, I, I think McNeil or, or Gordon as as a ten. Um, I'd like to see that. I think when we obviously played um, with Lukaku, that you won with Barkley at the time. I think him as a ten was fine. Then pocket space. I think like having a player in that position who's who's explosive centrally, who can win the ball and counter attack from central areas. I think that's something we've really been missing. Um, but then obviously then having doing that, you'd be asking a lot from Onana and Awobi. But I think both of them, if you can get around the pitch, um, the dynamic, they're explosive. Um, I think that might be something to think about. Four, two, three, one, maybe. And having 
you'd have Gray, Gordon, and maybe maybe McNeil. I, I, I like McNeil. I, th- I think McNeil's got a nice little pass on him. I, th- I felt, felt sorry for him yesterday playing in that role he played. Um, I'd get out for him playing a left wing back. Um, but he's got a pass on him. But again, it's like Lee said, he's he's very inconsistent. Um, but in some games you can pick out a ball and put it on, put it on your foot. Do you know what I mean? And he's the type of player who, who could create chances for us. Um, but going to Newcastle, you know, I, I'd take a draw there all day now. To put some, to put a bit of a positive spin on it, rather than being like fully negative on it, I, I think with Frank setting a base now, making us hard to beat. I don't think there's there's not that many pieces of the jigsaw needed here to make us more dynamic going forward. Do you know what I mean? So we are, you know, the midfield looks stronger. We've talked about the defence looking, you know, the spine of the team in in general looks a lot better. If we can maybe get over a couple of the names I mentioned before, maybe we can coax someone or Gakpo or whatever, you know, you know, someone of that sort of nature to come come to the club, maybe even in January if possible after the World Cup, then that would massively help us. You know, you know, if we if we had dynamism out wide, I, I'm not saying that the others don't give us that. They do offer it in, in bits, but they just don't look like they're massive goal threats. You know what I mean? And if if we had that, we're not we're not far away off then being a, a decent side. You know what I mean? Like like a really uh, you know solid side with with dynamism going forward because I think ultimately that's what Frank wants us to be. He's done yeah. the first bit now, the second bit now we've just got to acknowledge that you know hopefully we can get it in you know a part of that in January if not certainly next summer. But it's it's a conundrum. But there's there's also a positive in the fact that we don't need that much for me. Maybe two or three more players to be that side that's a bit more dynamic going forward. No, definitely. Yeah, it's important. Obviously, we we're not a, we're not a particularly negative podcast, to be honest. We're always um, full of full of optimism as as best we can, and and that doesn't change, you know, because we lost the game two 0 to Spurs. I think we, we've got a we're we're very much of the of the thinking that is it going to be a long journey? It's going to take time, and we've seen certain things addressed, other things we haven't addressed yet in terms of. Um, playing style and recruitment things like that. We know we can't do it all in in one window, um, but obviously we need to find solutions to to certain things which we've seen in the early part of the season. And it's a, it's a bit of a quandary really to try and to try and get some goals into this side, um, given the fact that our main striker has had you know quite a few injuries in recent times. Because th- for me, I always say it: this side is built for Dominic Calvert Lewin. You know, a couple of wide players, whether it be Gordon Gray. You know, Dwight McNeil, even now James Garner, we can you know we put in a cat across yesterday, but to be fair, the Reese um collected the ball really, really well as a, as a defender came across him. But we've got players who can who can deliver a ball, whether it be you know across in the air, a ball fizzed across the box, and and Dom at his best, we know he's he's a six yard box striker, isn't he? You know, Carlo Ancelotti told him, don't you be going wide. You score, you score your goals. You're sort of within six, eight yards of the goal, which is what he did in that 2021 season. Um, so it's, it's designed for Dominic Calvert Lewin or a striker similar. So it's difficult for Neil Mope, and it's going to be difficult on Wednesday if, which you know, he may start, uh, understandably so. So we've, we've got to we've got to look at ways of maybe maybe getting around them. But you know, recent history suggests we can beat Newcastle. They haven't brought in. Loads and loads of players over the course of the summer. Uh, we played them a good and obviously that that unbelievable night was it back in March when Alex Abobi scored that uh, that goal. That, 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 that three hundred minute game that we played. Ah, uh, that was that was an, the lad, the lad, the lad, um, 
Cable tied themselves to the goalpost. That famous image of the fella trying to get the uh, the ball cutters out and get that off. Fantastic. What a night that was. But you know, the 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 the, the most recent history is there, but we we, we do struggle when we go to St. James's Park, it's gotta be said. Um and they they obviously they they're buoyant, they're riding a bit of a, a crest of a wave. Um under the lights, as you said before, Phil, always difficult. The pitch also slopes from left to right, if no one knows that. It's got about, uh, I think it's a one or two foot slope from one end to the other. So, yeah, so hopefully Everton can kick the same way twice in, uh, <laughs> in the whole game. But it's one of those grounds where when they are buoyant and when they are in a good in a good moment, so to speak, it is difficult because the crowd act like that, that 12th, that 12th man. So we've got to try and subdue that and, you know, get all the ball if we can and, and take the wind out of the sails. But there's players there that can hurt us. You know, you, you look around their side, whether it be, you know, St. Maximan, Almiron's in a good a good bit of form. It's always form. Wilson, isn't it? It's always Wilson has a world Wilson against Everton. Always time. scores against Everton, doesn't he? Always. Even if he's injured, he'd score against Everton. You know, obviously, yeah. Bruno, I thought, thought it was a very, very good signing for them. Makes them makes them tick. Um, so they're just a, a much better, a much better unit than they once were. But, we certainly shouldn't be going there. Should we be thinking that we can't win the game? Because we can win the game, but it's a much more difficult prospect than maybe it was it once was over the last few years. Yeah, I totally agree with that. I mean, as I said before, I massively respect the job that Eddie Howe's done there. He's, he's got Newcastle playing much better footy. People forget, were they on something like mad, like four points or something like that when he took over? Something stupid like that. You know, they were definitely rock bottom of the table and he's, you know, he's, he's done. A, he's done a great job. Anyone questioned him and whether he was the right guy. You know, he's answered those questions so far. And as I said, he's they've signed well. I'm a big fan of that Isaac they signed. I know he's injured, but the bits he's I've seen him in play, he's injured. He's again. injured again. Yeah, he he's had a setback as well again. I think another setback. So he's put him. That's good back. news for us. That's good news for us because the bits I've seen of him. I know he came to prominence in the last tournament, didn't he, for Sweden? But I th- I th- he looks a player. He's an athlete. He's got two good feet. Skillful. Yeah. I mean, look at you. Look at the goals he scored. Anfield. You know what I mean? Yeah. The one that wasn't given. I mean, that that's a class that's finish. That yeah. absolute class finish. He's put Robert Robertson on his arse and stuff like that. So he, he's a top player. Um, so the good news, he's not playing. Um, by all accounts, uh, Bruno went off today, injured for Willock in the 78th minute. So Bruno's gone off. Um, looks like an injury, but let's hope let's hope he he can't play because he's a massive player for them. Yeah. Uh, and and you know if we can deal with Wilson, I feel a lot more confident going into some of these games, like when we went into Southampton, but purely because now we're more solid, particularly you know with the likes of Cody and and, and Tarkovsky. I thought Tarkovsky played really well, by the way, yeah. against Kane on the whole, he played well. So now, now we know in terms of trying to deal with Wilson, I feel a lot more confident with those two trying to deal with him than I did before, you know, yeah. with Keane or Holgate or something like that. Do you know what I mean? So I do feel more confident in that respect. It's just whether we can do the other bit now, um, like I said, going the other way and, and carrying more of a threat. I think Gordon will come into the side. I think, um, you know, he's played well against Newcastle uh, there in the past. I mean, he was unlucky not to get Shelby sent off, wasn't he? Uh, Couple of seasons ago, with that, that was a disgrace of a decision. One, it when Shelby just nearly broke his leg, basically. Yeah. So, and and Gordon, Gordon, his best performances for us this season have been away from Goodison, haven't they? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know I mean, away from home, uh, where he maybe has had a bit more space to run into, and maybe a few fans off his off his back. So, um, 
I, I do think I do think again if we can be solid like we did against Spurs, shut the crowd up. Um, I thought we did that brilliantly in the first half, and then carry a threat. Then you know that 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 first half yesterday would be a kind of blueprint what he'd want to look look at at St James's on on Wednesday night. Yeah, yeah, I think I think I think you're right. Um, especially Anthony Gordon, like you say, most definitely been more effective away from Goodison Park this season when that that pressure from from fans has got to be said because where Ice is in the paddock, he, he gets it every single week. Rightly or wrongly, there's certain things that that gets said, and you just think people are just they're just ridiculous. But you know, it, it probably does help him to play away from home. Um, so I think he will come back in. Not playing at the weekend means he's going to be fresh as well. Um, so likelihood is it's him for for Dwight McNeil, James Garner. I think he's going to be a mother's shout. I think Garner gets struggling a little bit. I think to get up to speed, I would say. Um, Got booked, got booked again against against Spurs. So we might see James Garner, whether it be against Newcastle or Palace, possibly. I uh, think he's going to come into the thoughts of the manager uh, fairly, fairly soon. Um, but we've got to be going there. I think you know we, we've got to put the, these kind of games out of our mind against the the better sides. And this is a game as as much as Newcastle have kicked on and they've improved and they are a better side than than they once were over the last two or three years. We still shouldn't be going there thinking that we that we can't get something from the game. And I think you said before, Callum would draw be it would be a good result. I think it'd be a positive result to take into Goodison Park on, on Saturday against against Crystal Palace. But it's gonna be gonna be a tough game, that's for sure. Uh, but Everton have got to have got to, to turn up and, and be resolute. And if we can take that first half from Spurs into 90 minutes against Newcastle, we have every chance for me. Uh, a few few fresh fresh uh, legs on there. And I think we've got a We've got a bit of a shout, but tough, tough task, that's for sure. But let's have our, have our partic- uh, predictions to round off with. Phil, what are you saying? Newcastle away Wednesday. I think we'll be similar to when we play Leeds away. I think it'll be 1-1. I think we'll take the lead first and then they'll come back into it. Um, in the last 20 minutes, we might hang on for a bit, but I think we'll approach the game similar to Leeds. And like you were saying, boys, about Gordon, I think he'll, I think he'll score. To be fair, 1-1 I'm going for. Callum? I'm going to go 1 11. Cody. Cody. Cody set piece. <laughs> I like the positivity, that's for sure, Lee. Just, apologies here, man. I'm just looking at the light in here, by the way. It's like Marlon Brando, like Colonel Kurtz in Apocalypse Now, isn't it? Actually, he's coming in and out of shadow here, like this. Have you, have you, so, paid, you paid your bill this week? Because the last, last few weeks, it's been like talking to somebody in the yeah, honestly, it's, it's, it's a very I had to put a lamp in that, and it, it's actually quite bright in here, though it doesn't look it. It is, it is definitely he's Colonel Kurtz. A, um, a few Joe Malone's list, hasn't he? You know what I mean? It's all that kind of stuff. He's brought a solar light up from outside, inside. No, I don't. <laughs> Honestly, don't start. He's rinsed me for the mint tea last week. It was bad enough. about the mint tea. But um, on a side note, if anyone has seen hasn't seen Apocalypse now, watch it. Great film, Marlon Brando, brilliant. <laughs> but um, but but anyway, um, going back to the game, I I think um, yeah, I'm going to agree with Phil. I'm going to go one one. I'm going to go one one. I think it'll be it'll be definitely a tight game. They're missing, as I said, a couple of key players. Hope hopefully Bruno's not playing. That will be a big boost for us. Um, and I can just see his. They're not on the same level as Spurs. We know that, you know, and certainly in terms of the front three that Spurs had the other day. So um, I just hope that we can beat, you know, they're, they're, we've got to quieten that crowd down. They're very raucous, as we know. I think they, they get up for it, don't they? And it'll be a night game. So the seat keep it tight. 
City maximum fit? Is he, is he um, I don't think he played, no. No, they had Jacob Murphy and Almiron. Um, and you'd much rather so face he, them, he, wouldn't you? He, say maximum, he, he wasn't even on the bench, mate. Say maximum he wasn't even on the bench. So that's a bonus. He doesn't play against us, like. He's another one as well. If you remember that that game last last yeah. game in Newcastle, he, he tore yeah. us tore us apart, didn't he? I mean, he's yeah. he, okay. he's what I call he's he's what I call it. He's like a homer, and he? he's a show he's a show pony at home, and then yeah. away from home, he, he he never really looks that bothered, does he? So no. hopefully he's not playing either, because again, he's another player that can turn it on, especially at their place. So. Um, yeah, I'm going to go one-one, and I'm I'm going to I'm going to say the same. I can see his uh, see his nick and a goal, and uh, I'm going to say Damari Gray because I have been impressed with Damari despite me criticising him briefly before. I think he has start he started every game under Frank this season, and he, he's he's looked really good in patches. Just his final decision, um, but he has got a dig on him, so I'm, he's he's going to he's going to cut in on that right foot and smash one past the keeper. <laughs> Let's hope so. I, I, I think I think it'll be a draw. I'm going to say nil nil. Really, very exciting Wednesday night draw that'll be. I mean, uh, not not one for the telly. It's on Amazon Prime by all accounts. I think they've got all the games middle uh, midweek games. So anyone obviously who's not going, it is it is on there. I don't wait for Amazon by the way. I'm not on any kind of commission. I'm just just signing in form in form. Yeah, yeah. Not like Lee and his mint tea. You haven't heard that story. <laughs> Go and watch our Instagram from last week and listen to the podcast because that was that was unbelievable. Don't start. Uh, Don't start again, mate. Don't start again. You take some mint tea back to the match. That's all I'm asking. No, I didn't. I did a one-off. It's a one-off. <laughs> I just can't. I just can't get my head around. I've got to be honest. It absolutely threw me on the day. No wonder I couldn't concentrate on the game when I was in there. Just him in a mint tea bag in his pocket. Unbelievable. Imagine getting seized on the day. Sorry, what's that in your pocket, mate? It was un- unbelievable. No, but, caf- but, no but, caffeine after two, mate. That's what it is. It's crazy. But there, but there we go. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna go for nil nil. I'm gonna go for nil nil. I think it'll be a draw. I think we can get a draw. I think, as as, as Callum said, positive to to come away with something from the game and and look ahead to obviously Crystal Palace at Goodison Park, which has got fond memories from from last season. Uh, but that that is us for today. Um, all that to say is, is thanks to both Phil and and Callum for taking some time out to, to speak to us. Thanks for us on. Appreciate well, it, boys. Thanks very much. And enjoyed it as ever and we'll be back ourselves next weekend to look back on on this this busy week of Premier League football hopefully as we always say it's a positive one for the Blues um, and then look ahead to a, to a trip to, to Craven Cottage as we go and visit Marco Silva and his Fulham side so we will catch you then The Unholy Trinity Podcast Three Blues Three Opinions one Everton podcast. Sports Social Podcast Network.